You are listening to the Calvary Church Podcast, where each episode features a life-transforming message that was previously recorded in one of our services. And now, let's join a service. I'd like to welcome you tonight to the Calvary Church, and thank you for coming. To the many guests and friends who have come to join us this evening, we are honored that you're here. Many have traveled great distances and gone to great expense to be here, and we thank you. We welcome those who have joined us online, and we've come together for a great purpose tonight. This is an important occasion for the Calvary Church. The strength and peace that you feel here tonight is the product of 50 years of godly, passionate, excellent leadership. We stand positioned to pursue all that God has planned for us, due largely to the incredible pastors that have served the Calvary Church. Tonight we are celebrating the great gift that God has given to us in the leadership of Pastor Tom and Pastor Kristen Ellis. They are tried and proven, gifted leaders, and the Calvary Church is immensely blessed to call you pastor. Would you stand with me as we pray? and invite the presence of the Lord into this service. We want to invite the presence of the Lord to fill the sanctuary and to meet us as we make a covenant with our pastors tonight. Will you pray with me? Lord, we know that you're a God, a faithful God, who keeps covenant with those who love you, even to a thousand generations, and you have kept your covenant to several generations of the Calvary Church. You blessed the Calvary Church for 50 years with incredible pastors. And tonight, we stand hand in hand with our pastors, looking toward the future that you have planned for the Calvary Church. Lord, fill this place with your presence. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let the mantle of your calling rest on us tonight. God, we pray that you would infuse us with your anointing. Release your gifts in our pastors without measure, God. Confirm your word tonight with signs following. And be glorified among us as we honor you, Lord. Hallelujah. And we honor the leaders that you have called to shepherd the Calvary Church. In the name of the Lord, let's clap our hands together as we worship in Jesus.
crowd on a beautiful evening to honor beautiful people. God bless you. You may be seated. I'm not certain that I remember mine and Kristen's beginning. What I do remember is being in Louisiana for because of the times. I had been in a split session for PKs. It had come to a close I stood up and intended to make my way back over to the main auditorium, and up she walked and began talking to me as if we had known one another forever. I'm sure our paths had crossed before, but that day we just seemed to start in the middle, already friends. 
I smiled when I asked Sullivan today what she would say about her Aunt Chris. She said, Mom, she just always treats me like one of her own. Sullivan perfectly put into words how I felt that first day. She just treated me like I was already one of her own. We met as young girls on the edge of adulthood, but it was marriage and ministry. You can't cry, because if you cry, I'll cry. It was marriage and ministry that brought our friendship into full bloom. We often found ourselves navigating similar seasons. Our hours-long conversations have always been a treasure that leave me aspiring to be better, challenged to do more. Kristen is my opposite in her reservoir of patience, grace, and the ability to not always say what she is thinking. (laughs) She never seems overwhelmed or in a hurry, even when she is. She is quick to laugh, ready to listen, and she is always eager to make a memory. Paul and I took a cruise with our toddler, and it was this relaxing several days vacation during which we did nothing. We thought it was so great that we decided to talk Tom and Kristen and their girls into going with us when we went the next time. I knew that vacation was going to be a little different when we showed up to meet and all of the Ellis's were decked out head to toe in Disney gear. And then we got to our rooms, and each Ellis girl had several changes of princess costumes, not to mention they all brought pirate gear. (laughs) During that vacation, Aunt Chris made sure that the girls met every single character on the ship. We were literally on first-name basis with Peter Pan before we got off. I needed a vacation from my vacation when that was over, but we made memories that we will certainly treasure forever. Kristen is a friend that multiplies joy and divides grief. When our friendship began all those years ago, those two young girls could have never imagined some of the more challenging paths that our life would take us down. But I like to think that traveling those paths together has at times made our loads a bit lighter. They have certainly left me with an even higher regard for my friend. Kristen has always proved to be a steady sailor of life's stormy seas, a person who can be trusted with trouble. I admire her as a mother. I respect her as a minister, and I treasure her as my friend. The biblical writer certainly had a woman of her caliber in mind when he penned these words. Strength and dignity are her clothing. She laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue 
She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you, my friend, surpass them all. The wise man was right when he would look at a time like today and would say to everything, there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. Certainly that is never more true than in that of the context of ministry. Because no doubt there are not a few that are here tonight that could attest to the fact that no one begins their time serving God standing atop the smoldering embers of Jericho. No one starts holding a horn of oil, anointing kings and speaking for prophets. No one begins sitting at the head of a table having emancipated a people because of a banquet. No one starts at the end of a headless body of a Philistine giant. But much to the contrary, that ministry brings different seasons. And so it would begin, as it did for all of us, and certainly this capable couple tonight, not departing from the temple, waiting on the aged priest, listening to the plight of your people day after day, and then risking your life, or penning the words to psalms to an audience of one. Rather, while individual separate seasons, all a part of one ministry, all important, as the different seasons come and go, while maybe some would seem insignificant, all a part of a ministry, because when we would look back and speak such monumental names of that of Joshua or Esther or Samuel or David, we often think about the triumphs and we forget about the seasons that built the ministry. And so, no doubt, as my task would be to briefly speak to our pastor tonight, Brother Tom Ellis, It has been a high privilege of mine to stand in the shadow of a greater man. I was in Summit County. He was in Stark County. And I had the opportunity to meet him in the early 90s, I believe, as I was looking back to that terrible excuse of a roller skating rink in North Canton. as we risked our lives looking for ladies and enjoying (laughs) youth rallies. But I thought about Tom, and I thought about the different seasons of Tom's life. And I, having that opportunity to, to some extent, stand within arm's length of my friend and see him remain consistent. And though different seasons, this man was the same. 
that whatever he served in, he served well, never having a time where he was away, a time where he didn't serve the Lord, never a time where he didn't do what he's doing tonight. He's basically been the same guy his entire life. I happen to know, as no doubt all of you, that he would begin his ministry helping his amazing parents carve out a home missions church in Canton, Ohio. If you had the opportunity to do that or to serve with or start a church, you know that the toll that that potentially could have taken upon this man that stands before us. But he did so capably and built that great church now that has many churches there in the greater Stark County area. He would continue and to a different season and he would go to Indiana Bible College and he would be willing to serve and in many different roles of ministry played the keyboard and and traveled the country with Pastor Condon. He went all over the, the world playing as an organist because it was just a different season. He would then go to much to all of our envies to San Diego, California to serve and assist Pastor James Larson to pastor that church. They really just had a lot of fun and goofed off. We're actually fortunate that Brother Tom was never arrested while he was out with Pastor Larson. But it was a season. He would continue to the next season. He would begin to be a student pastor in Columbus, Ohio, and he served it so well in that season. He would continue, of course, from there, and he would become one of the greatest youth presidents that the United Pentecostal Church has ever seen. And standing in this pulpit, that's saying a lot. And he did so, riding the golf cart, staying up late, not not trying to be the famous youth pastor, but just serving the youth of Ohio in, in that season. He continued, of course, and still does, serving with his father, in building the largest apostolic training center in the world that facilitates to thousands of students all over the world, and Tom serves in that season. And then, of course, coming to this church, serving capably with and for Norman Pasley II, always being willing to take the lesser role to do whatever Pastor Pasley asked him to do in that season. And so now it is tonight, as we look to this evening, we think about this man and woman as the will of the Pasleys, the will of the, the Calvary Church, and the will of God would all commence tonight. I would think, what, what would be the answer to the great revival that no doubt lays latent within this region What would it be that God would have prepared for this time, this church, this man and woman? I would think that it would be somewhat similar to that, that when it would be time for the redemption of the world to come, that the book of John would begin and would simply say that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made That was made in him was life and the life was the light of men and the light shineth in the darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. 
And verse number six would be our key. As John would write and I would adjust, as the solution would be given, as the Bible would say, and there was a man sent from God whose name was Tom. And then I would say, what an honor it is for us and all these ministries to gather from all over the country to come here and stand with this amazing church and to say to this man and this woman in this season of their life that they stepped to this time in this pulpit, not as a novice, but qualified, capable, apostolic pastors. And I say, thank God that there's another season, a great season for Calvary Church. Why don't you clap your hands and thank the Lord for that? Hallelujah. Let's stand all over this place and begin to lift up the name that we love. Can somebody just speak that name, Jesus, right now? Lord, we worship your holy name. We've come to bless you tonight. We thank you for what's been behind us, but we look ahead, Lord, and we're so grateful, Jesus. We love to call your name. It's something we cannot explain. Oh. 
Just lift our hands and thank the Lord for the Holy Ghost that we feel in this place. Thank you for the name of Jesus. Thank you for the power when we call your name. You may be seated. Thank you to the worship team and musicians for the beautiful worship they let us in. I have been afforded the privilege of delivering a pastoral charge to Kristen whom I have come to know and love, since it is by virtue of our relationship that I am here tonight, Kristen, I would like to address the relationships that have brought you here to this point. You are the product of a legacy. Your grandparents founded this church, and your parents pastored it. You grew up in the Calvary Church. You have history here. I know you were married in 2001, I'm guessing, in this church. Served with Tom in ministry in Columbus, joined the staff of Calvary in 2007, and were elected together pastor in 2015 while your father was still alive. You have a heritage at the Calvary Church, and doors have opened because of your parentage. However... Tonight, you are making a transition from serving in ministry because of who your father was. Tonight, you are assuming a different role because of who your husband is. I honor your vision, your courage, and your confidence. Most women who marry pastors assume roles and responsibilities because of who their husband is. But your husband has done what your father could not. He has encouraged and empowered you to yoke with him openly as a team with all the rights, privileges, responsibilities, and pot shots that come with that job. So now you add to the roles you have already played. Daughter, sister, student, wife, Bible quiz coach, youth pastor, aunt, mother, and now pastor. I'm sure I could add more hats, administrator, vocalist, worship leader, preacher, counselor. There are a thousand roles you will play in a lifetime as a woman, but only one will inform all the others. And I just took a sneak peek, and I saw you doing what my charge entails, your role as worshiper. I brought you a gift that was meaningful to me, and I hoped it would be to you. The scripture that is attached to this gift which is a tallit. It's Jewish. I know we're not Jewish. We're not even Messianic Jewish. We're not even close to it. But I had to find something that you might be able to hold on to to remind you the symbolism of what's taking place here tonight. And although 
It probably seems surreal to you, and my guess is you work very hard today. I suspect your children aren't yet on break, and there's been school and everything that comes with being a mom, being a wife, and working in a church. You might want to hold on to this when you wonder what your dad would have done. What about your strong grandmother, Mary Alice Floyd Pasley? And I'm hoping that you'll read Proverbs 3.18 that says, She, meaning wisdom, is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her, and happy is everyone that retaineth her. So I'm going to ask you to stand. This is a tallit that is inscribed and embroidered in silver and gold with a tree of life referred to in this prayer, the Etz Hayim He. I'm not sure exactly how to say that or what that entails other than this is to remind you. The fringes are to remind you that you belong to someone else. You occupy the body of a female and the position of wife and mother and all those other hats. But when the Lord looks at you, he doesn't see you that way. He says, I called you to come serve me behind the laver, past the brazen altar, where there's bread and candlelight from oil, pressed olives, and then the smell of incense. And that is his requirement of you. You will have to be a quick change artist. You'll have to occupy many roles, but one piece of clothing that you cannot live without. The others are hats you can remove, but this enfolds you in the presence of the Lord. And so I bless you. I know that you are breaking new ground here openly saying, the Lord called me to pastor. And a husband who said, I acknowledge that anointing and that ministry. I'm not ashamed of it, but I'm going to let you serve with me. And together, we are going to agree. For it is written, if any two of you agree touching anything in my name, I will do it. And the first yoke mate that this man will have is his own wife, whom the Lord has said can be a representation of Christ and his church. So it would probably be more appropriate for me to wrap this around him and then all of your children come stand. I'll let someone else do that. But I charge you, when your adversary, and please hear me when I say to you, your adversary, your adversary is not the people of this congregation, although through inconsideration, lack of spirituality, and just plain old humanity. They might say and do things that will cut you to the core. Your adversary is the one who will try to use all of those things that are immersed when we step into Jesus. Jewish, Greek bond, free, male, female, 
to make you feel that if you weren't this or that, people would follow you, listen to you, and obey your voice. You're in good company. Jesus came, a humble man, and 12 people were chosen to follow him, and one betrayed him. He said, if they listen to me, they'll listen to you. He's your role model in all things. So when you don't know what else to do, when you're tired of being someone's this or that, you slip away, hide yourself in his presence, and let him love you simply because of what and whose you are. I bless you in Jesus' name. May the Lord bless you. What an honor it is to be here tonight, <clears throat> and uh, this is a very special occasion that uh, you cannot put words. Um, Tom, I'm going to be uh, addressing you specifically, and certainly with Kristen at your side. God has divinely ordered your steps to pastor the Calvary Church. None of us ever wanted or expected the transition to happen the way that it did. Our beloved brother Pasley is so greatly missed. However, he would not want this night to be about him. The fact is, God in his sovereignty chose you to be his successor and to lead this local church to spiritual places that it has never been in its 50-year history. This is about the future. And because of that, to whom much is given, much is required. So let's talk about that for just a few minutes. First of all, there is nothing more sure or more secure than God's sovereignty. He knows exactly what is needed to effectively equip you to lead this local church to fulfill its God-given purpose and mission. Tom, when God places his mantle on a man to pastor a local church, it's never generic. It's never a one-size-fits-all. It's my strong conviction mantles that are truly given by God are done so with specific gifting, specific purpose, and specific timing in mind. Some are of the opinion that if you are called to pastor, it's just a matter of finding an opening and a position and fill it. It doesn't really matter where it is. I don't share that opinion. <clears throat> Quite frankly, I have never believed that, even though I can understand the reasoning behind it. I firmly believe that God is much more given to detail than that. Regardless 
I guess that's something that could be debated. So here's what I do know, and this is not debatable. You served the Calvary Church faithfully now just shy of 12 years in various capacities. The late and much-beloved Bishop Norman Paz II sincerely believed you were the one God chose to succeed him to pastor the Calvary Church. I don't say that in guessing. He personally shared that with me many times and sincerely believed you were a gift from God, first of all, to Kristen, secondly, to the entire Pasley family, and thirdly, to this church, to the Calvary Church. Hearing him share his heart, I do not believe he could have loved you any more than if you were his own blood son. I sincerely believe that. Thirdly, it was also the desire of this local church body for you to be their pastor. And on March 1st, 2015, they confirmed it by a 100% unanimous vote of approval. I don't know if you remember what I said about that afterwards. I said, we need to talk. This God says, well, be it when all men speak good of you. <laughs> so tonight, we are all here to witness your official installation as the pastor of Calvary Church. Under God and with Christian at your side. And this amazing team of committed leaders who are serving with you. You have been called and chosen by God to lead this church into its future. Without question, this is a new day for you, for Kristen, certainly for the girls, and for the Calvary Church. As with every new day, however, comes new challenges. I was so glad to hear Sister Showstrand say some of the things she did because I felt to say to you, be assured, Satan will do everything he can to use anyone he can to oppose you in an attempt to thwart God's purpose and plan for TCC moving forward. Don't let that surprise you. But never take it personal because it's really not about you. But who you are representing, his name is the Lord Jesus Christ. Never allow your adversaries, your adversities, or your challenges to become your focus. If you do, then that's exactly what Satan wants. Understand without question, the same God that called you and now chose you will enable you to accomplish everything he wills for you, for your family, and for the Calvary Church. Certainly, we're all human and far from perfect. However, please stay prayerful, accountable, and do your best to keep your eyes and focus on the doors God will make available to you. Always make decisions based on vision, not on current reality. Trust God to deal with your adversaries. Remember, if you please God, you'll please everyone that matters. 
In the fear of God, in our remaining moments, let me speak prophetically for the next few minutes. And you, along with the host of elders that are present in this room, can judge it. When you are prayed for by the laying on of hands at the end of this service, there's going to be a new mantle of anointing that God is going to impart into both you and Kristen. It will empower and enable you to lead in ways you've only dreamed about. Tonight is not, and I say this emphatically, tonight is not a mere formality to publicly recognize you as pastor. I tell you in the fear of God, there will be a spiritual impartation that will take place in both of you that you have never had to this date. In the sovereignty of God, he has reserved this for this very moment in time. So I charge you, Tom, in the fear of God, always wear this new mantle with integrity and humility in the fear of God and never take it for granted. In the Old Testament prophets, the prophet's mantle represented both his authority and his responsibility he had to God as his chosen ambassador. Tom, you're not in Cincinnati simply because you're married to Kristen. And you know that, and Kristen knows that. God has called and chosen you to pastor this great church and to lead it into a new day and with a new level of commitment and worship unto the Lord Jesus Christ. Just as Elisha received a double blessing when he put on Elijah's mantle, and you can judge this, I sincerely believe that in the not-too-distant future, this local church is going to double. Then double again. Then double again. But it will be dependent upon your leading them in the fear of God. Please know the prophetic is never a mandate. It's conditional based on our willingness to walk humbly, love mercy, live holy, and make right choices. Jesus is the one that called you, and he's the one that chose you. However, you are the one that must position yourself every day, not just occasionally, but every day to be spirit-led, to walk in obedience as God leads you. Without God's leadership, anything you do will be nothing more than the work of flesh. It may be good, but it won't be God. This new mantle is God's divine empowering to enable you to lead this local church to do what they could not do otherwise. This new mantle will cause you to think differently. You'll see differently. You'll preach differently. You'll teach differently. And always remember, God is holy and God is love. And to represent anything else 
is a disgrace unto the mantle that you will be wearing. This, this new mantle will serve as a protective covering over your life and ministry, but only as long as you choose to walk in humility and submission to the will of God. We live in a world totally intoxicated by entertainment. Tom, I beg you, not only as an elder, but as your dad, don't ever attempt to fake the anointing. Natural talent, which you have many, is capable of imitating many things. But no one ever imitates the anointing and gets by with it. Last but not least, this mantle will release the favor and power of God upon your life and ministry in a way you've never experienced. Now, let me explain. When you study the story of Elijah and Elisha, it was obvious that the double miracles Elisha did was only possible after he picked up Elisha's mantle and put it on. Just as everyone saw it on Elisha, Everyone will see it on you. It will be visible. You must wear it with humility. This Sunday, this local church is celebrating its 50th anniversary since it was founded by the late Norman Pasley I. It truly is a new day for the Calvary Church, but it's also a new day for your ministry. Everything, however, is conditional based on how seriously you take this night and the choices you make moving forward. I want you to answer, I will, to the following questions. In fact, why don't you, Tom, stand if you would. I want you to answer, I will, to the following questions if, in fact, you are willing to do that as being asked. Again, This is not a ceremony. These questions were not something that I took from a book that I read somewhere. I sincerely believe God gave these questions to me to give to you. First of all, will you wear this mantle very carefully, prayerfully, and faithfully? Will you wear this mantle in the fear of God, understanding he's the Lord of the church and not you? Will you wear this mantle always understanding The precious people, God is trusting you to pastor, do not belong to you, so you must never take ownership of them. Do you promise never to use your new mantle to lord over people? Will you love them, disciple them, equip them, and then be willing to release them back to God to minister in his harvest if, when, or wherever God would choose to call them? There are two more things that the Lord instructed me to do before I sat down. I have a towel I want to hand to you. Jesus willingly humbled himself and washed the feet of the very people who called him Lord. Are you willing to wear your mantle with the highest integrity and humility, willing to serve the Lord Jesus Christ by serving the people that you pastor? Here's the towel to remind you of the vow that you have made 
Paul wrote to the leaders of the church of Ephesus. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called, with all lowliness and meekness and long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Will you teach and preach sound doctrine, the complete doctrine, in love and without compromise? The Apostle Paul charged his son Timothy, let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I come, give attendance to the reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given by, upon, excuse me, neglect not the gift that was in thee, that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. In his second epistle, Paul wrote to his son Timothy, I charge thee, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears. They shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned into fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. Since God is truth and cannot lie, you will, will you stay committed to truth, preach, teach, and live by example? The holy word of God is the standard for everything you choose to do as good or bad, right or wrong, both public and in private. Will you understand your mantle will only be activated when you preach truth and nothing but the truth? Have something else I felt the Lord wanted me to give you. It is a Bible. This Bible is to remind you of the pledge you just made. I charge you before God and all here present, don't add to God's word and don't take away from God's word. To do either will bring curse and not a blessing. I want you to notice the Bible I just gave you. It's very simple, but it is very unique. It's unique because it has nothing between its two covers but the Holy Scriptures. There is one small map of the Holy Land. This small Bible is not littered with man's footnotes, commentaries, or personal opinions. God instructed me to give you this Bible as a constant reminder, His Word is enough. 
Tom, I charge you tonight in the fear of God, preach the word. It's enough, and it's always anointed. Love the truth. Embrace the truth. Live the truth. And if necessary, be ready, willing, and willing to die for truth. If it's not worth dying for, then it's not worth living for. I want to read something that was handed to me when I don't know by whom I don't know it's been in my Bible and I decided this would be a nice prayer for me at the age I have arrived at for 1991 so here goes this will help you understand the pastor Lord Thou knowest that I am growing older. Keep me from becoming talkative and possessed with the idea that I must express myself on every subject. Release me from the craving to straighten out every Keep my mind from the recital of endless details. Give me wings to get to the point. Seal my lips when I'm inclined to tell of my aches, pains. They are increasing with the years. And my love to speak of them grows sweeter as the days go by. Teach me the glorious lesson that occasionally I may be wrong. Make me thoughtful but not nosy. Helpful but not bossy. With my vast store of wisdom and experience, it does seem a pity not to use it all. But thou knowest, Lord, that I want a few friends left in the end. Amen. That's my prayer. We are not ostriches that bury our head and say, no, there are no problems. I am full of the Lord, therefore I will never be sick. I am full of God, therefore I will never grow old. I am full of God, therefore I will never die. Nobody will ever make fun of me. And you know, just bury our head and live in a make-believe existence. Folks, living for God is the most real existence in the world. When you're a child of God, 
God and you can be of good cheer because all these things are going to happen to you folks you live in this world you're not living in a daydream you're living in the hard nitty gritty reality of life but you know what happens when you become a child of God you know that Jesus in you you are not a victim of the circumstance but he that overcame every situation and every circumstance will make something good come out of what happens to you hallelujah to improve and to be better I, I do but my hope is in God it's not in man my hope is in what God wants to see happen on this earth before he comes again amen and I want to be a part of that praise God that's my confidence that's how I look at my grandbabies and not fear for their future because they're part hallelujah of the people of God God has always taken care of us God has always protected us God has always provided for us because God is always in control hallelujah 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 have hope today God is in control don't be afraid today God is in control don't give up God is in control do your best God is in control Woo! hallelujah hallelujah Perhaps you would like to stand just for a moment. It's a little bit of a challenge to step up here after hearing those great voices from the past that conjure great emotion, but how appropriate to introduce their voices tonight. Because they serve as the platform upon which this pastor and wife stand tonight. I would like to read from Psalm 133. Behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. And then under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the writer gives us a beautiful picture of what unity looks like, how it operates. It's like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron running down on the edge of his garments. Then another beautiful picture of unity. It's like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion For there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. You may be seated. I would like to do what I can tonight to give definition to what actually has been happening for some time. And perhaps 
is culminating in some measure tonight. And then from now until Jesus comes, perhaps explain the overflow that the Calvary Church is moving into. In the body of Christ, there are dynamics at work that sometimes we don't always identify and we don't recognize. The kingdom of God is a spiritual kingdom. You can't get into this kingdom by signing up for it. You must be born into it of water and of spirit. The spiritual kingdom of God is orchestrated by the founder of the church, the author, the finisher of our faith, the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the only door. He is the only way. There is no other way to gain access into the body of Christ. This building that we are in tonight and this holy convocation that is gathered tonight is we are not Walmart people. Now, some of the people of Walmart may be here, but we are not Walmart. (laughs) I'm not sure. We are not IBM. We are not AT&T. You don't just fill out an application and join, but you have to be born into the kingdom of God. But even beyond that... The body of Christ is made up of many and various and unique local congregations. Each of them served by a local pastor and team. And in a spiritual apostolic church like the Calvary Church, we do not minister in a vacuum. One congregation is not just like another congregation. And one preacher is not just like another preacher. If you think one pastor is just like another pastor, then you'd probably think King Kong was just another monkey. But that is not the way the kingdom of God works. God chooses One leader, a pastor of a local church and the team, in this case, a pastor and wife, to lead a congregation. But it's imperative and it's incumbent upon the members of that congregation to come under the anointing and under the authority of that local pastor. This church is rich in history. This local church is rich in heritage. But more than that, it's rich in apostolic authority. This church is rich in apostolic anointing. And I would dare say that because one anointing is just not like another anointing, that this congregation has been blessed with 50 years of line upon line of anointing, 
precept upon precept of anointing, here a little and there a little, and a little bit more anointing, and we're still coming under the anointing and the authority that God has placed as the head of the Calvary Church. For all of the Calvary Church that's here, are you thankful for an apostolic anointing and apostolic leadership? So we can take a cue from Psalm 23, where David situates the Lord as his shepherd, and he situates himself as a member of the flock. And he says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, I lack for nothing. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, your rod and staff, you, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Why did David feel so blessed? Why was David so enriched and protected and well-fed and cared for? It was because he came under the authority of the shepherd. He was blessed and nurtured and directed and fruitful in this flock because he adjusted himself to the leadership of the shepherd. Now, I have a word for this church, and I'm going to tell you that Tom Ellis is not the second coming of Norman R. Pasley I or Norman R. Pasley II. And I cannot stand here without giving honor to the first bishop and the second bishop of this church who each had such a profound influence upon my life. In fact, it's very difficult to shake myself out of the melancholy mully grubs, coming back in the friendly confines of my precious friend's congregation. But I do want to say that this pastor has his own unique anointing. This pastor has his own unique spiritual authority. And it's incumbent upon us, like David adjusted himself to the shepherd, It's incumbent upon us to adjust ourselves to the leadership and the style, the way that he feeds, the way that he leads, the way that he imparts, the way that he directs. We can't sit for the rest of our life under a previous administration and say, well, I wish it would work this way. I remember how it used to flow that way. Can I tell you, we're not throwing that away. We're not disbanding that. We're not discrediting that, but we're moving on and we're moving forward and we're searching out how can we come under this anointing? How can we come under this authority? The challenge is not for him to adjust to the congregation or the flock as much as it is for the flock to adjust to the leadership of the shepherd. When I was eight years old, my pastor was S.G. Norris. And on a cold Sunday night at Midway Tabernacle in St. Paul, Minnesota, 
My pastor called for those who were sick and afflicted to come forward. So I bolted from my mother and I ran up to the front and my pastor took the bottle of oil. He dabbed my forehead. He laid his age-spotted, arthritic-laden hand upon my head and he prayed for me. I came back and my mother was upset with me for, for going up there without her permission. And she pulled on my ear like only a mother can and jerked me back into the pew. And she said, what are you doing going up there? You're not sick. I said, Mom, I, I just wanted to feel my pastor's hand on my head. She said, never mind. <laughs> I'm not patting myself on the back tonight. But I'm simply saying, if you have that, whether he ever lays a hand on your head or not, if you have that awe, if you have that respect, then God has blessings for you. Because you will never be blessed by God until you come under special apostolic anointing. You will never be used by God until you come under apostolic authority. That's why I say tonight that one anointing is not just like another anointing. When I came to Kansas City, one of our dear saints, within the first couple months, she came up to me and she said, you know, you're such a nice guy. I said, well, thank you very much. She said, you're a good little preacher. I said, well, I think I thank you. She said, but you're too kind. You're too loving. I said, man, I'm talking to somebody who's from a dysfunctional situation here. I said, what are you saying? She says, I need you to step on my toes. I need you to clean my plow. I need you to eat my lunch. I said, ma'am, with all respect, I don't think you're going to make it. I said, that's not how I roll. That's not how I preach. That's not how I lead. God didn't call me to be a police officer and a parole officer. He called me to be a shepherd. And if you want to be blessed, you're going to have to follow the flock. Amen. The wise man said, where is the shepherd? And the answer came back, follow the flock. If you follow the flock, you'll find the shepherd. And I'm so thankful that God has sent you a shepherd, a man after God's own heart. It's time to adjust. It's time to acclimate. It's time to come under a new and a fresh anointing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now I want to say to Pastor and Kristen tonight that... What's happening here tonight really is a mile marker in what I would call the third anointing. Before David could ever become the king, he had to have three anointings. The first anointing came from God himself. 
And God noticed him. Paul and Brooke, you were awesome. And talked about the early years of anonymity and anonymously just serving. And that's where God found David. That's when he found you too. When nobody knew anything about you. When, when you were just finding a place to serve. And, and, and it's, when you read Psalm 78, and I don't have time to unpack it tonight. But, but the Bible said that God chose David because he was faithful with the ewes. He was faithful with the old lady sheep. Am I in the Holy Ghost right now, Sister Julie? He proved himself to be faithful. And the Bible says he guided the sheep. And the Bible transposes that upon Israel. With the integrity of his heart. And the skillfulness of his hands. That's why you sit, both of you, where you are tonight. Because of the integrity of your heart and the skillfulness of the talent and the ability that God has given to you. And you've been faithful with it. And now we're seeing the, the product of it and the blessing of it. So God had to anoint him first. But then the elders had to anoint David when Samuel came and poured out the vial of oil upon David. That was his second anointing. So in God's heart, he was already the king. In Samuel's heart, the elders, he was already the king. But the people had to embrace this. The people had to see it. And perhaps the day that David became the king, I don't know, was the day that they sang, Saul is slain his thousands, but David is ten thousands because they saw the approval of God. And I don't know if you ever noticed it, but before David ever slew a giant, he was called a mighty man of valor. And who called him that? It was God who called him that when he saw him being faithful, when he was playing only for an audience of one, when there was no audience on the hillside at the battle of the Philistines, David was proving himself to be faithful. And you show me somebody who's faithful when nobody's watching and I'll show you somebody that God will anoint Jesus said it this way when you go to prayer you go in your closet and pray alone and your father who sees you in secret will reward you publicly so David was king before the crown was ever set on his head and perhaps tonight in some way is the crowning But tonight, the congregation anoints you. The Calvary Church anoints you. You can feel it. It's palpable. I've never heard of a unanimous pastoral election. Maybe you have them all the time in Ohio, but I'm from Missouri. It's the show me state. I got elected with 71%, and that's probably the best vote I'll ever get. Praise God. But it's lasted for 30 years. And I thank God for it. But tonight is the third anointing. God's anointed you. Your bishops have anointed you. Your father, Norman Pasley II. Their families have anointed you both. Tonight, is this congregation ready to anoint your leader? Are you ready 
to anoint him. He needs your anointing. And it's up to us to adjust and come under. Because anointing flows down. Nobody has an anointing all by themselves. There are no Lone Ranger anointings in the apostolic church. Anointing flows down. And if you want to have an anointing, you have to come under it. You have to have the heart of an eight-year-old that says, Oh, if I could just feel the hand of my pastor. You don't ever have to have that physical moment. It would be wonderful if you did. But you can have that in your heart. You can have that spirit in your life. If I have any anointing on my life today, it's not because I went out in the wilderness and fasted and prayed until I got it. It doesn't work that way. The only way you get an anointing is when you come under spiritual authority. And the only anointing that you will receive is the anointing that you respect and that you come underneath. And there's plenty of anointing. In this local church. In this house tonight. I'm going to repeat a statement. In my close. Closing remark. That I heard. Wayne Huntley say. And at first. I had to process it. I wasn't sure what I thought about it. But the more I thought about it. I realized. It really is true. And it is simply this. If God blesses a local church, it's not because of the collective resources called the saints of God in that church. If God blesses, if a saint of God is faithful, God will bless the faithfulness of the child of God. But if God blesses a congregation, it's not because of the body that worships there. It's because of the leader that leads it. I'm going to say that again. The reason that God has blessed this church is not because there are awesome people and there truly are and have been. And we've buried a lot of amazing members of this church going back to Kemper Road. But the reason the blessing of God is here is because of the integrity and the walk with God of the leader. That may not agree with your theology, but it will agree with your experience. And I echo the charge that has been given by Sister Janice to you, Kristen, by Brother Ellis to you, Brother Tom. This is a very serious moment. And I actually came prepared to do something else. But Bishop Ellis, when you were talking, I felt compelled to the Lord to just share Psalm 133.1. And I want to say to you and echo what he's already said. An endowment of the Holy One is about to come upon you. 
You have never had it before this, and it will never be the same again. But when the elders lay hands upon you, you can expect something from the Holy One to come upon you. I believe this. This is not a formality. This is not just an academic exercise. But this is a spiritual impartation. So, Brother Tom, Sister Kristen, if you would please stand. And then I would like for Brother Suey to please come, Brother Flowers to please come, Brother Ellis to please come and stand all around them, in front of them. I would like to invite the board of this church to please come and stand, the board of elders. You know who you are. Pastoral team, excuse me, the pastoral team to please come right now. Thank you so much. Come as quickly as you can. Brother Stark, our district superintendent, we honor you and your lovely wife. Would Brother Stark, would you please come and stand with this host and any district board members that are here? Ohio district board members, please come. And now would the congregation please stand. The appropriate response to this beautiful service is prayer. And we echo everything that has happened. At this very moment in time, heaven is going to transfer. It's coming now. And we're going to receive it. And from henceforth, it will never be the same. And tonight, Lord, we call upon the highest name of the universe. We tap into the apostolic anointing. We tap into the prophetic anointing. Thy kingdom come. Kingdom of God come into this pastoral team. Will of God be done in this pastoral couple, in this beautiful church. And into this community, we have gathered here, Lord, to receive and embrace your apostolic anointing upon this family, upon this couple. We humbly acknowledge this process you are doing right now. As this mantle falls, we recognize and affirm your sovereign work. This is your sovereignty. For this church was called into existence by you. We praise you. We thank you that you've chosen these pastors for shepherds of this beautiful assembly. And while there are many things we could ask for, we will single it down to wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing. Above all, get wisdom. Bring wisdom to these beautiful couple. As Solomon prayed, the people are too great for me. Give me wisdom to judge these. And so it pleased the Lord. I pray a special anointing of wisdom upon this family in the name of Jesus. And while this people has been in darkness, the Lord is speaking to this church. Arise and shine for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon thee. 
Comfort ye, comfort ye my people. Speak comfortably to my people. Their warfare is accomplished. Prepare now for the arrival of your God. Make straight a highway in the desert for your God. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. Even now as the transfer occurs. May Calvary Church be faithful in seeking to receive this word that was preached with meekness and love. In the name of Jesus Christ, grant good health to this family. Grant them exceeding favor in this community. Grant them emotional and mental stability in the days to come. We ask these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And is there a praise in this house? I have an addendum, and Pastor Kristen, I have run this by your pastor. What I'm going to say has been approved by him. Every time I have prayed for this beautiful family, for the, the pain you've been in, but I would take you to prayer because my good friend asked me to pray for you. I didn't get a word for your husband. I kept getting a word for you. Others have ministered to him. And here's what the Lord would say to me. Pastor Kristen not a title, but an actuality. And as I spoke to your husband, I asked him if I could share this, but you're going to raise the standard for modern-day lady pastors. You are a harbinger for young women. You are going to demonstrate this anointing, not only in title, in reality. They're going to look at you and say, I can do this. You are going to shoot through glass ceilings and make holes for young women pastors. You will be the harbinger for this generation of women pastors in your contemporary generation. And don't be hesitant. And the Holy Spirit says, don't be reluctant, nor apologetic. Walk in it. There's an authority coming on you right now. For the ladies of, this, of your generation, they will step up in their pulpits and their churches. Because you're the harbinger. And a new level of authority and dominion is coming to you, my dear. Can we give this great God a praise? It is a time to celebrate. We are happy people. 
Amen. We are and will always be happy people. In the land of Calvary, this is a song for the ages. As you uh, stand and we conclude service tonight, I want to say just a few things as a member of Calvary. I've been a part of Calvary for over 30 years and have been blessed with incredible pastors. These pictures up here on the screen have myself in them with the pastors through these generations, but represents the members of Calvary through these generations. These are pastors who have carried us in times of our lives, pastors who have supported and encouraged us in all we do, and pastors who are standing next to us now as we do life and ministry. From its conception, Calvary was started with pastoral leadership directed and anointed by God and continues today. In addition to that, in times of transition, God allowed the former to see the strength of the latter and give blessing. With this in mind, as I prepare just a a short thought for tonight, God led me to Deuteronomy 34. Moses' last moments on earth in Moab, God shows Moses the future of God's people and then takes him leaving the direction to Joshua. Deuteronomy 34 and verse 9 says, Now Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands on him. So the Israelites listened to him and did what the Lord had commanded Moses. Like the great transition with Moses to Joshua, we saw a mantle passed from Bishop Pazza I to Bishop Pazza II, then from Bishop Pazza II, to our pastors now, Pastor Tom, Pastor Kristen Ellis. Pastor Tom and Pastor Kristen. Pastor Pazzi brought us to this great location, raised a team to do ministry, was a part of expanding our campus across the street and around the world, and then as God showed him the future of Calvary with you. We all watched Pastor Pazzi lay his hands on you, and tonight we affirm that covenant you now carry with wisdom, love, and direction for the Calvary Church. Calvary stands next to you and submits to you as you submit to God. Let us pray tonight together in closing. God, you are the almighty God and know the beginning to the end. You have chosen this night the direction and purpose of the Calvary Church. And we pray for your anointing and blessing upon Pastor Tom and Pastor Kristen Ellis as they serve you and the Calvary Church. Thank you for all who have gathered here tonight in support and honor of the work you are doing. And we give you all, God, we give you all the praise and the glory. Let us all say amen. 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 This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music, and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.